This is Alyssa. And I'm Mel. And this is the Arcane Dames Podcast. The trauma-informed, liberation-oriented tarot podcast. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Arcane Dames Podcast. We are your hosts, Mel and Alyssa. Woo! The crowd goes wild. We do anticipate for you to be cheering <laughs> right now in your car or as you do your dishes or whatever the hell you're doing right now. I love the thought that people are doing their chores with us. Literally, we had that event a couple of weeks ago that a couple of our listeners came to and they told us that they listen to us while they do their chores and that's what I do I listen to podcasts while I do my chores because my brain can't focus otherwise absolutely and it always has to be just the right podcast so I feel very flattered I do feel very flattered I agree (laughs) so happy chore doing that's probably what I'll do after I get off the microphone but right now I'm here and excited to chat with you guys about the nine of wands what a card it is quite the card honestly i forgot that we put it in this season Mm. and when i saw it i was like she's not the like positive vibe that i feel like most of the well i say that when we just we just did the moon a couple weeks ago which is Mm. not a positive vibe for you either right but um (laughs) i you know we were like going with the really woo-woo cards this season and I was almost like nine of wands but there is certainly a lot to talk about with her there is and I also feel like it is it's one of those transformational pivot points Mm. for me Mm -hmm. because even though it doesn't seem like much on the surface and it seems similar to like the seven of wands like it's just It is one of those cards that kind of blends in. Mm. But if you look at it in the context of what comes next, which is the Ten of Wands, which is like defeat and burnout. Yeah. The Nine of Wands could be your last chance to not end up there. I love that. Yeah. So I do feel like even though it is kind of like a depressing place, it's almost like this last ditch effort vibe. Yeah, like a like a wake up call. Yeah. So that that's giving woo woo to me. It is. It very <laughs> For much sure. Is. So yeah, tell me more about what you think about the nine of wands in general. In general, when I see the nine of wands, you know, I think that the person I'm reading for is feeling pretty tired with mm. how long they've been at something and that can take a lot of different forms like it can be like you've been working towards something for a really long time and you're starting to feel tired and worn down because of this specific goal you've been pursuing but a lot of times it can also show up as just like you've been showing up in your life in a certain way for so long in a way that is leading to exhaustion in a way that is no longer sustainable um and you're feeling like what the hell something has got to give and i think that that is the the real crux of how i interpret this card like if i say that to a client say like you feel like something's got to give always they're like yes or waterworks they just start crying right that'll be the point where they're like oh fuck me because this (laughs) is a card of like holding on so tight for so long like the image i have in my mind right now is somebody holding on to like the side of a ship or like a parasail and you're just being like whipped in every direction and you're just clinging on for dear life oh yeah i mean and the wands are passion right i always describe the wands as passion so i feel that This could be holding on too tight to a relationship that's run its course, romantic or not. Like, you could be passionate about other types of relationships. For sure. You could be passionate about a job or a project or a, you know, like, volunteer opportunity you're pursuing. It's not the vibe of something like, for example, the Four of Cups, which we did earlier this season, question mark? I I do believe. We've done at some point. We did do that card, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Four of Cups is giving, like, arrogant not being grateful to me but this Mm. is not that it's more like the person can literally not 
see any benefits. It's not like seeing benefits and ignoring them. It's like cutting yourself off at the knees because you don't even know what potential is there. You don't feel like you can change the course of what you're doing. To me, it's someone stuck in their ways and actions but like they don't even know that there's a better way to go about it. Yeah. It's a lot of self-limiting like blocks. 100% agree and I think that that's really like obvious in the imagery as mm. well with the way that the person like looks so defeated and they just have these like nine well they're holding one wand and then they have the eight wands behind them and it's just like I don't know it just feels like they've been building this wall of wands because they're like this is my only option like I just yeah. I can just keep adding wands to this wall right because that's all I have right they're stockpiling it it's out of habit instead of out of like passion and then that's where we get in the 10 all the 10 wands are suddenly on their back because it's like you haven't built been building something and letting it materialize into something else Mm -hmm. you've been building it just to create a burden for yourself so I think this card is very well explained in the context of the card that comes after it and even before it with the eight of wands which we only did a handful of episodes ago you guys the eight of wands we talked a lot about how those bitches be flying through the air but what goes up must come down yeah and in this card all the wands are literally stuck in the ground yeah so in that context it's like you may have gotten this fast movement and it may have given you a false sense of hope Mm -hmm. for example and then plummeting into the ground back to square one you're hanging on to it but you're like what am I doing here you're doing it and you're doing it and you won't stop doing it but it's starting to feel pointless right starting to feel pointless and starting to feel like a burden like just completely exhausting and I think that yeah I I like the imagery that you just gave us of like those eight wands landing in the ground and being the eight wands that are stuck in the ground um, behind that person because it's almost like now that it's here you don't have the foundation to do something greater with it literally this card can also in that sense for me be a byproduct of you're manifesting and you're manifesting but have you cleared the space for it right and and have and have you built the like structure in your life to do with it what you want to do with it and make it long lasting right and like that that's what I kept coming back to over and over again as I was preparing for this episode is like you know passion excitement action energy it can do a lot for you it's a very powerful energy fire energy is incredibly powerful but without earth energy without being grounded and having like slow foundations built around you to make space for rest to make space for caring for your physical body to make space for and even like you know Water energy to make space for your emotions, air energy to make space for like the logical side of things. You are just doing thing after thing after thing without having any greater plan or goal or structure in your life for that. Yeah. And and it's a real disservice to yourself and it's a real disservice to like to fire energy as well because it is such a useful tool and I almost see this as like a misuse of that. Totally. Like, I mean, quite literally, you're letting the fire burn you out instead of spark and inspire and light the way. Yeah. And it's not that, again, like going back to what I was saying about almost this sense of not recognizing what you have, that's how I mean it. Like you think that this power and this energy is just degenerative and destructive because you're not wielding it in a helpful way. Oh my gosh, that is like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like cutting yourself off at the knees, getting in your own way yeah. is a is an aspect of this card for sure. And I think woo woo it makes sense magically it makes Mm -hmm. sense in so many different contexts and I think that building your intuition to the point where you can notice that this is happening instead of just thinking that you are failing or 
in your flop era or whatever it is from things out of your control is the powerful thing because this is realizing that you have more control than you thought. Yeah, and this is absolutely one of those cards of like, I've been doing and doing and doing, and what more can I do? And when the Nine of Wands comes up, it's like, stop. Don't stop do. doing. Don't do. Yeah. Like, this is not doing more, adding more wands, more action energy isn't what's going to help right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you need peace. You need time you need space you need grounding Mm -hmm. for that exact reason because we're so in sync and we actually share a brain (laughs) I really wanted to talk about transmutation this episode oh I'm so excited yeah so in my magical practice transmutation is something very very important to me because we know even in the scientific sense that energy cannot be created or destroyed it just morphs Mm -hmm. it changes so something that's very very important to me as I do magic and as I navigate the world that way is learning how to take a strong powerful negative energy and change it essentially into something that can get me to a better place can benefit the situation more yeah etc so it's a very powerful skill and basically how I go about it and this is just like 101 the basics but I kind of visualize the earth as being able to neutralize energy so in terms of grounding I'm going you know for example out in my front yard with my shoes off dogs out and connecting my feet to the earth feeling that and I almost visualize you know like in Reiki and stuff or therapy even when you do a body scan Mm -hmm. I body scan down from my head to my feet and then when it comes to my feet I push it into the earth so I push it into the earth and push it and that's where my mind clears and that's the grounding and I'll kind of try to stay in that state usually for at least five minutes like five minutes can be a powerful time of meditation and I think people who are overwhelmed with meditation or brush off that advice very quickly don't realize that sometimes all it takes is five minutes so I'll, I'll stay like in that neutral for like five or so minutes and then I visualize the energy from the earth coming back up and it's the same energy, same vigor, same level, but it's, I've now decided how I'm going to use it in a more positive way. So I let, you know, I feel it come up through the soles of my feet and I let it kind of enter my body from the bottom up. And by the time it reaches the top of my head, I'm like, now I know what to do with this. Yeah. And that's my little like transmutation meditative meditative practice which very much is something I would do if I drew this card for myself yeah you know no I love that so much especially because like very much in line with what you were saying you know the nine of wands it's a nine which means that you've put a lot of energy to get to this point yeah you've put a lot into building to the nine of wands in some extent like oftentimes we can see this card as this energy of defending yourself or having to mm. defend yourself you've kind of built up this oftentimes like resilient persona or it's this like resilient piece of you where it's like i can handle anything because i've had to handle so fucking much yeah and and so oftentimes like when the nine of wands come up it's like it's not an energy you want to let go of because you're like on one hand this is all of my strength this Uh is all of the strength that i've built over all of my years building strength yes um so it's not something that you want to release completely because it is important to you so so i love what you just provided of being able to you know release the pieces of that strength that are holding you back let the earth kind of like cleanse it and then pull it back into yourself as a more grounded and peaceful type of strength like the kind of strength that we think of with the strength card yeah in tarot for example which i know we haven't done yet but exciting spoiler alert I um I this is so random but it's funny. I pulled the strength card for my partner the other day and she goes, "Strength?" and I was like, "Yeah, you heard of it? Like what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you mean strength? <laughs> she goes, "That's a card in the deck." I said, "Yeah, girl." Like she thought I was using Oracle or something. And so she I was like, "You've never gotten the strength card cuz like I've read her, she's right. been to other professionals, whatever." She's like, 
I didn't know there was a strength card. Of course, I've never gotten it. And I was like, interesting. Because we were just recently talking about how you don't have any cards like that. Yeah. Like, you'll get every card at some point. I, at least I think so. Right. Like, like there's none that stand out right. to you that you're like, oh, I don't know her. Like, yeah. I don't recognize her. But, yeah, apparently strength was one of those. So That's that was so funny. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so synchronicity with strength popping up. But uh, That's really funny. I do think strength is related to this card. Yeah. I feel that. And, I, and right, I think... I love that you brought up this concept of uh, defensiveness Mm -hmm. because that's a big keyword for me with nine of wands too. And a lot of times when I am pulling that for a client, I'll be like, ooh, like why do you feel like you have to defend this so hard? Why do you feel like you have to take this like to the grave and ride for it so, so hard? Is it genuinely because there's value there or are you scared or – you know a barrage of other things as well like yeah. i i think that there's something here and this i again i've been skipping ahead to imagery and like being crazy but <laughs> this is truly part of the reason i see the card that way this deck i learned on the gilded tarot it's very much more like in battle type of energy like our main player has chain mail on he has a metal helmet on yeah. the eight wands are like way behind him and he's holding the ninth wand like a weapon. He's, yeah. But he, instead of using it to guard him, it looks like he's guarding it. Yeah. Like, is he defending himself or is he defending this thing that he spent so much time and energy on because he's afraid that if he doesn't, you know, it, it's not important anymore because maybe it's already lost personal value for you. You're just trying to save face. Yeah. Maybe you know that you don't defend it in your heart anymore, but you're you're defending it outwardly because you know you feel like you have an image to upkeep like these are themes that I think of because this is the imagery I learned on if that makes sense yes I love that so much and I I think that there's a maybe useful distinction here between the nine of wands and the seven of wands because the seven of wands also gives big defensiveness energy Mm -hmm. but I see the seven of wands as being much more like personally defensive correct like you might be the kind of person who gets defensive correct in situations that don't necessarily warrant or just feel right feel like everybody is coming at you and you you have to like be on guard all the time Mm -hmm. whereas right the nine of wands is much more what you described of like defending something and it might not be you know it could be something external or like a career choice or like a a relationship choice or or whatever but it could also be like I feel like it it could be very much this feeling that I certain know that I've experienced like Mm. multiple times before in my life of like no this has to be worth something because if it's not what the fuck did I do it for? What the fuck did I do it for? Where the fuck did all my time go? Where did my image that I put out there go? And like was all that suffering worth nothing? Oh, I, I know that feeling all too well. Absolutely. Right. And that's a really, and that's why I say it's such a pivotal point because you can either submit to that and be defeated by it mm-hmm. or you can make some very necessary but difficult changes. Yeah. It requires being very connected to your intuition to know the difference between some kind of personal hang up versus like this actually isn't going to work for me anymore. Yeah. Life imitates art. I just made a TikTok about this yesterday and I wasn't even thinking about doing the 9 of wands today. I was very upset about my day job and I okay the podcast can get the whole story it's fine the tea this is useful i think so if you're a listener of this podcast you are no stranger to the fact that i really really struggle with like executive dysfunction and maybe a touch of good old pathological demand avoidance when it comes to going to work not tarot work for me i experienced this in terms of my part-time job and so i'm supposed to be there yesterday at 12 30 i live five minutes away I got in my car at 12.15. I was being gracious. I was going to treat myself to some Dunkin', make it there early. I was stuck, frozen, sitting behind my driver's seat until 1 p.m. I was supposed to clock in at 12.30. I was here at this house in my parking spot until 1 p.m. And every time I tried to take the car out of park, I started bawling. 
Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Mel. <sighs> Thank you for saying that. Like, I'm not sharing it for sympathy, but I appreciate that. I know that you get it, and like, I know that we feel each other on stuff like that, so thank you. But in terms of sharing that on the podcast, I think it's important because I am giving time and energy and emotional labor to something that I don't want to be in my life forever. So the nine of wands moment and the pivot moment for me is not how do we make this work benefit you more? It's literally like the side of the nine of wands where it's we've done all the work we can and now it's time to like go. I I don't need to stand behind it anymore. Yeah. I have done all I can like stop doing like you said but not to figure out a better plan. Right. In the same situation stop doing because it's time to reevaluate what this is even worth to you anymore so in a spiritual sense I've very much been going through that and it's a product of when we're talking about building your intuition to be able to come to those sort of conclusions it's a process yeah just because I've been at this for over a decade doesn't mean I'm perfect at it sometimes I'm not even good at it yeah because you could be di- become disconnected to your intuition for any number of reasons out of your control or in your control and by choice. You're just not feeling it for a while, like whatever. Yeah. And so through meditation and through Reiki and through getting read by other readers as well as myself, I've been doing those things for months before I finally kind of came to this conclusion of like, wait. I have to stop pretending it's going to be okay. Like this job is going to work for me in the future. I have to stop pretending like there's more substance here. I have to stop trying to make it more valuable than it really is. So yeah, I do highly, highly recommend and suggest if you are, if you're building up to this nine of wands energy and you're like, what do I do? Or needing help with that transmutation process or whatever, reach out to your your trusted spiritual practitioners take yourself on some meditations and and pull your own cards whatever feels comfortable to you yeah i think connecting to your higher inner self is so directly and fully the way to get through this and sometimes i feel it's the only way because in a situation like this especially if it's like work or relationship related like how we were talking about those passions yeah it's really hard to get advice from other people because when it comes to something as intimate as that no one's ever been in your exact shoes of course and there's this like advice is great it helps us open our minds to other things but in terms of actually like taking it word for word the way someone else sold it to you yeah that usually doesn't work because there are just these inner workings and nuances that you maybe can't even communicate and maybe don't have a full understanding of but you just know in your gut that it is the way it is yeah so I say reach out to your spiritual professionals and your friends but I also say take what resonates and leave what doesn't because there's going to be value in some advice and some advice is going to highlight the exact opposite of what you want to do and that's okay it's all part of the process of figuring it out yeah and I've been told before that this is a very Libra thing of me but like I love seeking out advice but I don't I don't take it the way that people give it to me exactly. Yeah. And sometimes my friends or whoever's given me that advice will get really mad about that. Because like, let's say six months later, that person's advice turns out to be right. They love to say, I told you so. And I'm like, yes, but I needed to feel that for myself. Right. Right. That's like, that's the thing about advice is that And I think about this all the time with cliches. Correct. And like, especially like being in the spiritual community and involved in spirituality, like you can say the same cliche to me 500 times. If I'm not ready to digest that, to really understand, to really embody that, I'm sorry, it means fucking nothing to me. Oh, bro. I am so glad you brought that up because... Nothing has defined my late 20s thus far more than that. Like, uh, you know, I these cliches that I heard all my life, 
you know, this is just the first one that popped into my head. Like, oh, if someone doesn't like you for no reason, they're just jealous. Like little shit like that. You hear it, you hear it, you never believe it until you're in that fucking situation. And you're like, something clicks and you're like, this is what they meant. This is why it's a widely known truth. Because... And the reason I didn't get it before is just because I've never experienced anything that made me get it. Right. Like fully, fully, fully. Right. I think, oh, there are so many. There's so, and I fully agree. Like, I feel like the last decade as I'm nearing the end of my 20s has been so much of like having huge moments of realization and then being like, like for me, that feels so profound and so insightful. And I'm like, I need to tell everybody. And then I'm like, this is literally a cliche that everyone says all the time. Dead like, ass. I don't need to tell people. Everyone's heard it. It's just I'm finally understanding it oh. for myself. Alyssa, I feel like I'm hearing myself talk. <laughs> like I, I, I can't explain how much I agree yeah. and feel that to my fucking core. Yeah. And this is also a funny synchronicity yesterday. I saw a TikTok that was like, <laughs> it was roasting people for, it was a TikTok roasting people on TikTok who like get on there and say the most common shit sense, like it's a breakthrough. And I'm like, but I get it. Like, right, like it is a breakthrough. It is. Because we forget and remember the same shit over and over again. But I did want to bring up during this conversation about, yeah, like the nine of wands and intuition a quote that i read while preparing for this episode so rachel pollack in 78 degrees of wisdom she brings up how this person has like a bandage shaped on their head in the rider Waite smith depiction of the nine of wands and it's you know often i think for us it's this indication that the person has been wounded in battle it indicates this exhaustion it indicates that you've been through some shit and you're still fighting yeah but for pollock she specifically says notice also the bandage around his head indicating a psychic wound so she's taking note of the fact that it's around his head specifically which indicates like something with your intuition your psychic center and so she says the battler is not a whole person Whether by necessity or habit, he has closed off awareness of life beyond conflict Mm. and now looks only for the next fight, while his eyes see only the enemy, sometimes even after the enemy has surrendered. I know. So that is leaning into the personal defensiveness that still lingers from the Seven of Wands for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. You've carried that with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that even though we describe this card in a more outer sense, obviously the inner has to be part of it. For sure. Well, for sure. And it's like, I think it very much goes back to that feeling of like, if I let go of this, what do I have? What do I have to show and what do I have to protect me? That's such a big deal. Yeah. Like, And obviously, like, I love to be outspoken about, you know, surviving abuse in my younger years. And um, that's a big thing with adult survivors and people who have CPTSD is, like, if I'm not a victim anymore, like, what else is there? Like, there's been, when your whole life was once defined by your victimhood. Yeah. How do you, like, navigate the world even after the perpetrators have surrendered right how, you don't you don't know how to not see everything as a threat yeah type of thing so if you're going through that it's real as fuck i've been through it and i'm here and i say that because it's funny i was really reflecting on this yesterday again little predictive coincidences of how this episode was going to go today i was really reflecting yesterday on how like you know when i was growing up there were no there were no resources for me to relate to other kids or teenagers or young adults who were going through the same thing. Mm. And as pathetic as it sounds, I'll admit it because I'm sure that many people who have been through this relate. You know, you do the silly little Google search. You you try to find a Reddit thread or a, a other online community, you know, and it would be like all about a different kind of abuse or all about like domestic abuse with like a partner like intimate partner violence and I was just finding like I'm like wow no one talks about child abuse and it's 
tough when you know you go up against that and it's like I have no examples of people who grow up and live outside their victimhood so how do I yeah how do I know that that's a possibility if I'm the only one dreaming of that but I don't have proof that anyone else has ever done it you know especially as like a 17 18 year old I was like oh well this is all there is for me This is literally all there is for me. And sinking into that victim role causes causes problems in your life and makes people out to be like because you're so on the defense, like you find threats and things that aren't threatening. And then like it impacts your ability to build up to more, your ability to enjoy these passions, your ability to connect to people in a passionate way. So like if you don't flush that out, even though there's nobody actively hurting you anymore to defend yourself against, like in the physical real sense, Mm -hmm. you're still approaching the world like it's out to get you. And do I think it's more deep and subconscious and insidious than say what the seven of wands represents? Yes, I do. Because we've progressed to this point. Mm -hmm. So that's how I like understand the card like not even to say how I personally relate to it it just makes me understand the heaviness almost of what could possibly be going wrong when this card comes up yeah 100% yeah and I think I think that that's really true in that like the nine of wands oftentimes is probably something that has been happening your whole life or building your whole life like and right there's a huge subconscious or unconscious component to it as well and that's where we go back to like habit breaking and pattern breaking and breaking toxic cycles because we all have them yeah we all have them And it will stunt you until the day you die unless you figure it out. Right. And I do think the key to that is still intuition because you have to be able to unlock the part of you that even sees something is wrong. Yeah. I have plenty of adults in my life who have been doing disgusting things from day one and they don't know it. They just think that's how life is. This is how they should act. Right. 55, 60 years old and they're going to be miserable for the rest of their little lives because they can't. They can't crack the code. They can't break the patterns. I know. I know what I like. I don't know. This is maybe a smidge unrelated, but I. I, No, I love it. I do feel like I have been committing more and I say more because like it's not an easy thing to do, but committing more to like being able to say to people like especially at work, especially people that I work with who are much older than me, Mm. who just do things that aren't cool, aren't fair, aren't okay in the workplace. And I truly think nobody has ever just fucking looked them in the eye and told them that that is not an okay way to behave and treat people. Bro, these motherfuckers need to be knocked down a peg or two. I know. And I like, you know, I get so mad and I, my reaction is always to go immediately to the place that there's nothing I can do about it mm-hmm. because especially when it's somebody older than me like somebody who's like my parents age right oh my gosh my relationship with my parents the only way I have ever dealt with them is to just check out mm. and like walk away and all of my freedom and peace that I have with regard to my parents and like the way I grew up has just come from like an immense amount of space and not like Mm. ever trying to have conversations that are going to like shift the dynamic it's Mm. always just been like okay fine I'm just gonna distance myself yeah and so I do that in like a work situation too if somebody is doing something that I don't like I immediately am like well they're not gonna listen to me because people don't listen because that's like my experience with especially the people older than me and so there's nothing I can do so I need to just distance myself well guess what that doesn't fucking work yeah in real life when you're trying to have like collaborative relationships and accomplish things with people you know I'm very passionate about the food access work that I do and I'm I'm not checked out I don't want to check out I don't want to distance myself or walk away so I am really trying to bring more honesty into those 
relationships, but it's difficult because, yeah, it's people who are a lot older who have been doing these things for a really long time and nobody's ever told them to stop. Yeah. But I will say, like, there's one particular situation where I did make the decision to reach out to someone and just say, like, hey, this thing happened this morning that is an example of behavior that I feel like is not fair to me or respectful to me. And I would really like to find a more respectful way to have these conversations. And I was so impressed with how positively that went. Yeah. And I think part of it is that I had a person who's quite, like, image concerned on the other end of it because I think he kind of knew like just that like any type of retaliation or overreaction wouldn't reflect well on him totally so that worked in my favor but I I was impressed I was impressed by how like well he actually heard me and how much it's improved our relationship and I think that there's this this thing that I'm learning that is like if I actually just tell people how I feel like yeah, there's a chance that they won't hear me. There's a chance that they'll be like, fuck you, I don't care. There's a chance there's a chance to blow up at me. You know, anything could happen. Anything fuck could fucking happen. This is we don't get to control yeah. how other people react. But there's also a chance that it could go really well. And I think that that's the piece that I never knew or believed before. Totally. That is very, very like empowering and exciting. A hundred percent. I also even think there's a possibility that they freak out or they're mean to you at first. But then, like the advice thing, you reconnect later and they're like, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Like I think it's such an important mental process to put yourself through to be like most of the time, the way people react is about them and nothing about you. Yeah. And I mean nothing. Which is, it's so hard to like not take Believe. it personally. Yeah. It's so hard. Of course. And it's a skill. And that's why we practice it, right? Yeah. You're not going to be okay with that overnight. But the aging of it all and the coming into ourselves of it all and yeah. us both being in the like second half of our 20s, like these are the things that are shaping up for us in our lives right now. So if you're not there yet there's no shame in that like it it just I think it happens for people at at the right time and at the crucial time and then you are inspired and empowered to use it going forward you know yeah and then maybe it gives you peace with past situations that have still kept you up at night yeah so absolutely let me go ahead and read the rider weight definition well we'll see what we'll see what that man has to say that man ae weight says nine of wands the figure leans upon his staff and has an expectant look as if awaiting an enemy so i even love that like what way to navigate the world is it if you're just expecting someone to hurt you you are waiting for the next you're not waiting for the next good opportunity the next person to be nice to you you're literally waiting for the next person to hurt you yeah not good behind him are eight other staves erect i hate that they're so erect (laughs) in orderly disposition like a palisade divinatory meanings the cards signify strength in opposition which i even love that like break that mold girl yeah you know and and in the rider way imagery he could be standing in the row of wands Mm -hmm. he's not he took a step forward with the wand he's holding yeah he's holding so it's literally giving like break the status quo mm-hmm. be the one to step like it's it showing him stepping outside of the mold he's built for himself yeah. if attacked he will meet the onslaught boldly with this main significance there are all its possible adjuncts including delay suspension adjournment sure i'm yeah. like i'm okay with that definition <laughs> reversed obstacles adversity calamity mm-hmm. you could probably say that for any reverse card almost like i get it like yeah, yeah like that's not a bad wrap up of the card for me for sure were you gonna ask me how i see it in reverse i was it's like you're psychic or something (laughs) it's like we do this every week or something (laughs) yeah i usually when this card comes up in reverse it's a much more defeated feeling than the upright i think the upright somebody is still holding really firm in their pattern or on this journey they might be feeling exhausted or like something's got to give but they don't necessarily they don't want to give up yet they don't want to let go they don't want to release or like 
have that moment of surrender almost. Yeah. But in reverse, it's much more like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. So it's very much wanting to give up, feeling defeated, yeah. and being like over it. Yeah. I love that. I relate to that. Well, I don't love it because it's a <laughs> shitty feeling. Love that. <laughs> I love that as a definition for the reverse card because it makes a lot of sense and sometimes i will say like with the nine of wands energy that is kind of what you need is to just be like like fine like i i i surrender you know like this is bigger than me i'm just gonna stop fighting you answer the intuitive call to release it yeah you set it down you don't move on to the ten of wands and take it all on your back and all on your shoulders exactly one hundred percent i also have been leaning into call it a cliche if it feels like giving up though like if you're disappointed and it feels like there's a loss maybe it's not time but if the thought of giving up makes you feel relief then maybe it is time yes you feel me yes like yeah If it feels tough still and if it feels like you would have so much to grieve and you would really miss it, then maybe it's not time to let go. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. just another thing I've been learning. I think that even as someone who hasn't been reading reversals, like this would feel significant if it came up reversed. Yeah. For that reason. Yeah. You know. Well, and it's a very like oftentimes with the more negative quote-unquote cards of the tarot when when they come up in reverse it's releasing yeah that negative energy and i think it's similar with the nine of wands where yes it's like you've given up or you feel like giving up but it's like the release of giving up as well yeah something i really like that when said in holistic tarot benabel when said that there is like the suggestion of a passiveness in this card rather than being active which is so almost counterintuitive when we have a wands card and we have somebody who's like ready to fucking fight oh yeah I think there's an instinct to see this as like an active card, an active energy, an active person. But I think that there is a passivity that comes up in the act of like doing the same thing over and over again without having that intention behind it or like digging your heels in, like, you know, whatever it is. It's almost like the passivity of being resistant to change. Right. In your, like, mindset or in your actions. (laughs) Right. As its own kind of passivity, even while it may look like externally, you're being very active, uh, which I thought was super interesting. So true. And I, that hits the nail on the head for my problem with being a functioning, high-functioning, depressed person. Mm. She's continuing to do what she needs to do, so she's fine, right? Yeah. That's what it looks like on the outside unless you speak up. Right. Look. Yeah. I popped open my silly little tarot book that I've been into lately, which is the Easy Tarot Handbook by Josephine Ellershaw. And the Nine of Wands description is so not how we see it. So I'll read it for shits and gigs. She always has some different ideas. She's a different little quirky little girl. I know. I wonder if she has any other books. I should look into that because a lot of times I do agree with her. Yeah. This is not one of those times. (laughs) The Nine of Wands presents itself. When the Nine of Wands presents itself, it tends to show that you feel as if all your energy has been spent. The road's been long and you don't, you just don't feel as if you can go another step. Great, right? Yeah. Then she goes dot, dot, dot. Okay, now let's just stop there for a moment. Although you may feel on the verge of giving up, the message that the Nine of Wands brings is that your success is closer than you think and that you do actually have the inner strength required to make it. This isn't the time to stop. Having come so far, now is the moment to gather all your reserves for the final push. Perseverance is the key. With courage and determination, your triumphant moment awaits you. Is the triumphant moment in question the Ten of Wands? Like, bro, what? Is the triumphant moment in the room with us right now? (laughs) Okay, so just a quick glance. She has a negative connotation of the Ten of Wands. Yeah. So, like, as you should. Right. (laughs) But so, like, why so positive on the Nine? I mean, listen, I will say 
when the nine of wands comes out upright, I think that it can kind of go either way of whether your work and your efforts and your like exhaustion is worth it or not in Mm. the moment. Mm -hmm. I definitely have given the context and I think context is huge. You know, if this is in the present position and then the future position is like the fucking star or something like, yeah, hang in there. You're so close. But to have that be the core interpretation is wild. I don't think that that's necessarily true. Exactly. Like, I think it's true in very particular cases. Right. And I think even when it is true, there's space to modify the way that you're trying to reach that success. Exactly. To take a look at the process and what it took you to get there. And was that really the most aligned, grounded, highest good process because right if you're feeling nine of wands burnt out i feel like you don't really have the found you you didn't build the foundation exactly you can reach success by like just pushing through but at what cost at what fucking cost girl right and that's you know knowing when it's time to go Knowing when it's time to go, knowing knowing when it's time to stay. Yes, Taylor Swift. I know. We always have to bring the Taylor lyrics into it. (laughs) It's time to go. That's an underrated song of hers. Actually, that's so funny because I really don't like that song. I don't either. And that's why I like don't usually. And that's why it's underrated. It's underrated by Mel and I. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dead. Honestly, I was just going to be positive and say that I think it's underrated in the sense that, like, it is a good song. I just don't personally like it. I could see the difference, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I do think it's a well-written song that gets ignored. That's fair. It just, it feels a little lackluster. I don't like that it was at the end. Well, right. And then, meanwhile, when the other bonus track was Right Where You Left Me, which is one of her best written songs ever. Right. One of her best written songs (laughs) ever. And almost like, I don't know, because she said before that she like is very intentional with her bonus tracks about how Mm. to leave an album, the the Mm. message she leaves an album off on. Mm -hmm. And it almost to me feels like break up with Joe Alwyn core. The way that I'm like getting so deep into this. But it almost feels like right where you left me feels so real and authentic to me. And it's time to go feels a little bit more like maybe she's telling herself that but she doesn't really mean it yeah girl and so to have right where you left me which they're two very contradicting points like right where you left me is literally saying like it's not time to go i'm not ready to move on i'm still right where you left me and it's time to go following it up with that is almost like no i can't end an album on right where you left me i can't be stuck here i refuse to be stuck here so i'm gonna write this song that i'm only half invested in yes. saying it's time to go and i just don't believe her and i think that's why i don't like the song because it feels real to me yeah i mean yeah the song like i'm not putting that song on in the car and singing along you know yeah but how nine of wands of her one <laughs> And two, how devastating is that if you're listening to the album as a story? Yeah. How devastating is that? That she is so desperate to believe she's more than that relationship. She's more, and I don't mean Miss Taylor. I'm, you know, talking about the character. Like, I'm, if Evermore is a story, it's Evermore, not folklore, right? It's Evermore, yeah. If Evermore is a story and we come to that at the end, that's grief. Yeah. That's being that's toggling between the five stages of grief. That's hurting. That's being in the thick of it. That's leaving us off on a heavy note. Yeah. And then we get Midnight's, which I would argue is very much like a breakup album. I would argue that. Well, I would argue that it's also a gay album. I think I feel like Folklore is a breakup album. Evermore is a breakup album. Right, 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 right. And then Midnight's is like a I'm back bitches album. album. That makes sense to me as well. Yeah, I guess what I meant is like I see Midnight's as like the post-post breakup. Because mm-hmm. like what I was just saying about Evermore is like, okay, you're in the thick of the grief. Right. And then we get to midnight and it's like actually ready to move on yeah like obviously there's still gonna be hard days yeah just like when you grieve a death like it's gonna hit you out of nowhere yeah that you're gonna miss that person you know we have some of those songs on there that are like fuck Mm -hmm. 
but essentially she's grown and she's wiped the slate clean and is opening her palms to receive the next thing yeah that's that's what it is like after this nine of wands moment can you even accept doing things differently yeah can you accept that you changing your habits is part of the equation you can't rely on your outside world to change anymore so what are you gonna do now right it's it's like taking yeah taking your power back and she said by the way i'm going out tonight she did say that (laughs) so she did it wait can i share with you my craziest fan theory duh (laughs) i bet i bet i won't think it's crazy i think taylor wrote evermore before she wrote folklore oh yeah oh i see i see that for jerseys I never considered like before, like before and then after. I thought she wrote them both at the same time, but it was too much and she had to split it. I think she wrote Evermore because Evermore, you know how folklore, it's a lot more literally folklore, right? So it's like, you know, we get the, the three songs about the story that she made up about the teenagers, but we also get Rebecca Harkness. Like we get all of these just like stories. She said, whatever. So then Evermore feels a lot more real to me it does and i almost feel like she wrote folklore and then dropped evermore so soon after so people weren't like scrutinizing evermore too much in the realness of it yep because she set the stage with folklore that like none of this is real you mean every bait and switch was a work of art every bait and switch was a literal work of art But, right, she really set the stage with folklore, and then, like, people were primed with Evermore. Like, she's kind of sad, like, oh, you know, she said Midnight's is the first fully autobiographical album that she's written in a long time. Girl, you named a song Dear John. (laughs) Mayor. Get the fuck no, out of here. No, she, but she, I think she was referring to Folklore and Evermore. She was like, this oh. is the first album I've written in a long time oh, that not, was fully autobiographical. Not the only one ever. Right. Okay, okay, okay. But I don't think she, she <laughs> called Folklore Folklore, but she never actually told us that Evermore was also fake. Fully. Like, she, fully. you know what I mean? She just made us like I feel like she just kind of like implied that we would believe it for us to believe that but then we get like cowboy like me which is a song that I think Taylor would really like us to believe is fake that feels so 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 fucking real right like we get all of those songs on evermore that I'm like girl this is your soul so that's just my theory is that she was like already really almost done with evermore when she was like all right, let's do this folklore thing. And then like, just quick follow it up with Evermore and maybe nobody will notice. Ah! All of the gay shit that I have to say. Whoa! (laughs) Cool. Should we talk about the Nine of Wands and its imagery? (laughs) Should we start with imagery by talking about the Taylor Swift tarot? I think that's a great segue. On theme. Yeah. (laughs) So for my Taylor Swift tarot deck, the Nine of Wands is just, it's gray which I think is a fitting color (laughs) for the card. And it just has a lyric on it and like pretty much no imagery. It says, honey, I rose up from the dead. I do it all the time. And I think that that is like such a clear demonstration of the resiliency of the nine of wands, but also like it raises this question of like, should you have to be that resilient what are you fighting for which is such a theme of my life yeah like 100 percent. i i think reputation era taylor is like i rose up from the dead i do it all the time like i'll keep reinventing myself as many times as i as i quote unquote have to but it's like do you have to who are you doing it for to what end right that's a really good one sly really good my favorite imagery that I have is from the Wild Unknown Tarot, and it's nine wands, but they're horizontal and like the big, they're the bot. What am I trying to say? <laughs> they're kind of like stacked on each other, but like getting further away from you at the same time. And basically, they're like part of steps, like it looks like stairs. Like the nine wands like are laying down like as part of stairs leading up into 
it's like dark on both sides but then light at the top so you're kind of going up toward the light and then there's like a crescent moon at the top so I I like it it feels a lot more optimistic it feels like maybe more to what you described from your Josephine Ellershaw book where she did see it as something positive that you're working toward that you're like about to reach an accomplishment because it feels much more like building to something like you're getting close but also with the stairs there being so many of them there is also this daunting feeling of like I've come so far but I still have so far to go like can I really make it up all those motherfucking stairs yeah also with the knowledge of the moon phases and what they magically represent that crescent moon it's like you get to the top of the stairs and there's still work to be done Mm -hmm. the the moon still has to wax to cut to become full yeah so I'm very much getting like the tired defeat from it too though yeah in that way Mm -hmm. and I, I I love that image it's really pretty it's really pretty it's just like a really cool take it's a really unique take having the stairs that's something i've never seen anywhere else and then the the branches tree trunks whatever they are representing the wands have so many smaller branches and twigs coming off of them so it's like it's a difficult journey up the stairs too yeah you could trip it's not clear yeah that's so true yeah yeah cool Shall I roll with some of mine? Please do. I'll go with the Pride Tarot because this is a pretty uh, prolific one. It definitely stands out in the deck. Ooh. So we've got a good-looking person with very cool jeans on, and their jeans have a coffin that says R.I.P. Gender Rolls. There's a pentagram. There's a crystal. It says they, them. There's a little monster guy, and then there's the triple goddess. Very cute jeans. There's a skull belt. There's a leather jacket with spikes on the shoulders. Their arm is in a sling. They're holding one wand and the eight are behind them. So this is what the artist has to say about the card. So it's drawn by NZ. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. The nine of wands represents resilience, courage, and strength. The card symbolizes the ability to overcome adversity through determination and will. Using a color palette inspired by the trans flag, I chose to depict a, is it wrong to say BIPOC? Do people say that anymore? Black indigenous person of color, trans individual looking strong, confident, and badass despite being wounded in the middle of a storm. As a trans and non-binary person of color myself, we face a constant slew of challenges, simply existing and having to fight for our rights and safety on a daily basis. It is without a doubt exhausting, and sometimes we feel like breaking down. But we will keep fighting. This card is a sign of hope and encouragement that you will overcome any difficulty you encounter and continue to get stronger. And it is why I chose this card. So framing it with that Josephine Ellershaw positivity, but relating it to like the trans experience, the non-white experience. And I love that take. So unique. It it stands out. Like if you have this deck. This is one of those that are just like, mm, it hits. The color is so beautiful. It's, it's like, deep and like jewel toned. Yeah. Pink and blue. Alyssa Core. <laughs> it is. I know. Well, it's, it's kind of funny that they said like the trans flag because I was kind of giving bi flag. Because <laughs> there is some deep purple in there. Yeah. But they're like, I think that they probably wanted to depict like the darkness of it. And yeah. the trans flag is very like baby pastel. So true. So, so true. Gotta do what you gotta do. Right artistically speaking (laughs) (laughs) so yeah love them and i also like i don't know i mean this isn't like what the artist said necessarily but if i were looking at the card before i knew their interpretation and like how strong the non-binary-ness is of the person depicted i feel like us talking about the nine of wands being like what are you clinging to like Mm. are like can you surrender i almost feel like there's this piece of like clinging to an identity that doesn't work for you versus being willing to surrender to like non-binariness or queerness Mm. or like actually like letting something more authentic emerge instead of holding on to a construct that maybe doesn't suit you yeah as well exactly which is kind of cool it is really cool 
Love it. You did two in a row, so I guess I'll do another one, too. I already talked about Gilded Tarot. Uh, we honestly already talked about Rider Waite. The other, the only other one that's notable to me here is from the Halloween Tarot. So in the Halloween Tarot, the suit of wands is represented by imps, which are little devil guys, if you don't know. Amazing. But the really interesting thing about this, which is not the case for like all of the Halloween Tarot, is like they're also holding burning wands, though. That's wild. It's wild because if the imps inherently represent the wands. Then there's 18 wands. Then there's 18 wands. And also, well, actually, then there's 17 because our main player in the front doesn't have one. I see. Wait. Yeah. So there's eight physical wands, but there's nine Mm. imps and a cat. Weird. The cat's in all the cards. And a pumpkin. And the main imp is holding a pumpkin. Which in this deck is Pentacles. There's just a lot to unpack here. (laughs) But the thing that has me shook is the fact that they could have put the one imp in the front and the nine wands behind him. And they chose to put eight imps holding eight wands and then the imp in the front to not have a wand. Right. Very, very interesting. Because it's almost taking his opportunity to be defensive away yeah why is he the he's the main one he's the one that it's all about he's the only one without a wand yeah and by the way it's not passive either because these wands are torches yeah they're they're on fire these Mm -hmm. aren't the branches that we've seen in your depictions right Mm -hmm. and then also i think Alyssa's gonna get a kick out of this look closely at each of the imps in the back because they are doing some very interesting poses they're trying to seduce me (laughs) no literally do you want me to seduce <laughs> R.I.P. headphone users. <laughs> but isn't that so strange? Yeah. For nine of wands. I would have like a much more like sex and sexuality related interpretation if that card came up. And I do think it's interesting to think about the ways that all of the themes that we've been discussing this episode can relate to sex and sexuality. True. Of like, you know, do you have patterns in the way that you approach sex and sexuality that you at one point designed for yourself to keep yourself safe that are now keeping you feeling burnt out or unable to accomplish what you really want? Yeah. Like, I just, especially him showing up with the pumpkin pail, right? Like, he's ready to collect. Yeah. And there's all these waiting suitors behind him. And it's like, but you're doing quantity over quality. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, because I'm certainly in that era. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) in my quantity era. (laughs) But when, you know, when this card comes up, you have to ask yourself, do you really want that? Or is that just your habit? Right. Like, I would see this coming up for a client who is wondering why they haven't settled down, but they keep approaching relationships casually. Right. So I'm very much getting, like, because the the wall, the barricade, the blockade, is made up of these people who I feel like are trying to seduce me. They're literally wrapping themselves around the torches like it's a stripper pole, guys. Yeah. Like, like please picture that. Like, le- like, leg bent, booty out, like eye contact like whatever yeah and so i'm almost like are you using sexuality or like hypersexuality mm-hmm. to protect yourself is this some type of defense mechanism where it, it protects you from vulnerability Ooh, that's deep like that kind of that's a deep thing. one yeah i could definitely see that that is so interesting. That's love a it. really, really fun image. Love it. Yeah, it's it's cool. I I love this Halloween tarot, and not it's not even overtly Halloweeny. Like I don't think of imps when I think of Halloween. Right. It's just like the variety and imagery that gets me. It's really cool. Yeah. It's definitely not the spookiest Halloween deck you could have. Right. It's like a. I feel like that's what's so fun about it, though. Yeah. It's, it's like a sweet, playful, like. Sometimes a little spooky, but still, I don't know, it gives like a, a child's Halloween movie. Yeah, energy. And, and they really do preserve the value of Pamela Coleman Smith's paintings, but yeah. they just add a little bit, a little bit of spice. A little bit of spice. I love it. So yeah, the Halloween tarot created by Kipling West. I have the little version that's 
fits in my hands and the bonus is it comes in a metal tin so i highly recommend her i've also seen it like as big as like my head like they make it really big too i love a big dad everybody knows <laughs> couldn't be me. About me couldn't be me <laughs> i just fucking love a big deck i love big cards i love a big dick right <laughs> I saw a TikTok. I love me just talking about TikTok. I saw a TikTok yesterday of someone who found a strap, like harness, not dildo, not included, but a harness at the thrift store. Wow, that's amazing. I probably would have bought it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. And but someone commented, and they knew exactly the make and model of it, and they were like, "Girl, that's eighty dollars. You better buy it." No, harnesses are so expensive. If you buy, I mean that makes sense because sex toys in general are really are so expensive. expensive. You heard it here first. If you're in the sh- market for a strap-on harness and you spend under fifty dollars, it's gonna rip after like three good sessions. That sucks. I know from experience. That fucking sucks. It's really sad. You know, it's not. I just feel like that's not fair, and it shouldn't be this hard. No. Well. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, sh- it should be pretty hard but <laughs> i you know like i just think it's our god-given right to fuck and i don't it un- is i don't understand how it's fair for there to be barriers <laughs> financial barriers period just leave it at that <laughs> you're so right well on that note i had a lot of fun recording this episode this was a good card I think that this, yeah, I think that this was a great episode. I hope that this expanded your understanding of the Nine of Wands and gave you some insight on how to use this card in your own practice. Thank you so much for joining us. And we appreciate each of you endlessly and cannot wait to see you next Tuesday. Bye! Thanks for listening. To keep up with the Arcane Dames, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, or consider joining our Patreon. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.